This is Not Your Average Bucket List by Only In Your State, a podcast about exploring the hidden gems right in your own backyard. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Bucket List by Only In Your State. My name is Marissa. I'm here with my co-host Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hello, Marissa. How are you? Good. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm great. It's snowing. It's cold. It's very winter. Yeah. Snow? Yeah, actual snow. Do you like snow? I'm a huge fan of it. I do. I do. Growing up, I... Maybe not growing up. There was a time in my life where I was very frustrated by the snow, but then I realized there's no bad weather, only bad clothes. So once I started <laughs> investing in the things you need and like getting an all-wheel drive vehicle and things like that, I like it a lot more. Um, yeah. Changes seasons is nice. Like I miss that whenever I didn't have it. So yeah, I agree with that. I love snow. I love uh, bundling up. I the only thing that I really uh, couldn't stand about snow was having to you know, like defrost your car and heat That's up your car pain. before you, yeah. yeah, all that, but I don't have that well, problem and also, now. every year, everyone forgets how to drive in the snow, it seems, so that first yeah, couple of days is true. always really dodgy because, you know, people are just sliding everywhere, but yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's right. If you were in New Jersey, I'm sure you got some some snow. Yeah, yes, I do miss it. I like going back to visit and just kind of like, you know, being in it for a little while, but yeah. Yeah, no. I but then checking out and going back to the beach. I get it. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I'm like, oh, okay. I remember why I love this. <laughs> um, so today it's our last episode of season three, and we're focusing on Texas. Mm-hmm. And we've given Texas some attention in the past with our small town getaway season when we highlighted Fredericksburg. So I think this is going to be a fun episode. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. I mean, it's a big state, a lot of different things to do. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, So we're kicking it off as we have this whole season with some fun facts, weird facts, hopefully the weirdest you've ever heard. Uh, Hopefully dairy-based again. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've had some really interesting facts, I think, throughout the season. Um, But So I have three. Okay. uh, Yeah, kick it off. Okay, cool. So first, this one is, I had no idea. The world's smallest active volcano is in Texas. Really? Where? So it's located near Rock Springs, and it's only 40 feet wide at the top. Just a little guy. Yeah. Well, actually, it drops down 350 feet. And it's called the Devil's Sinkhole. So... A little bit eerie. Okay. Imagine just like, like coming across that and being like, oh, cool, 40 feet. And then you go down and you're just like. Funny enough, uh, I was going to talk about the devil sinkhole. I didn't realize it was an active volcano. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to we're gonna s- swing back up to it. <laughs> yeah, cool. Okay. Yeah. Good. Do you have any fun facts, weird facts, scary I do. Facts? Um. Did you know that the killer bee capital of the world is in Texas? Wow. Hidalgo. Where is it? Hidalgo, Texas. They have the largest killer bee statue in the world as well, because, you know, why not? Got to support the (laughs) moniker. Um, So basically, Hidalgo is the spot, allegedly, where killer bees were first introduced to the U.S. ecosystem. So um, it claims it 
maybe they were hailed from Brazil, but were brought across country lines through Mexico in a, an effort to like, oh, we want to make our domestic bees more, you know, more productive and get better yield. And so they just made angrier bees. Um, so wow. yeah, Southern Texas is specifically Hidalgo. Um, we're trying to crossbreed their honeybees and ended up with uh, killer bees. So good okay. on them. That's it. I was going to say they they leaned into that when they I guess did something. I, yeah. That <laughs> wow. Okay. Cool. Um. So my other fun weird fact is, uh, in 2005, the town of Clark, Texas, changed its name to Dish after the satellite TV provider, and residents got free basic television service for 10 years. That's it. 10 years for life. If I'm living <laughs> <Yeah>. in Dish. <laughs> I should be getting it, right? <laughs> yes. 100%. Yes. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So I have one final fact, too. I thought that was okay. interesting. Um, do you know the slogan, don't mess with Texas? Yeah. It was actually created. Its origin was for an anti-littering campaign. So it's kind of wholesome. Like, I always read it as something, like, somewhat aggressive and, like, yeah. politically charged. But no, it was because they wanted to stop people from littering. So they're like, don't mess with Texas. $100 fine. oh wow that is really good to know yeah so it's like don't mess with texas quote unquote yeah i like it It, from that like i'm like yeah we're proud of where we are there's some wordplay going on no one likes littering yeah no great (laughs) cool that actually i didn't know that so that really uh love learning new things yeah Prepping for an upcoming road trip? Need to refuel before you go? Check out Liquid IV Hydration Multiplier for an electrolyte option to keep your body hydrated and energized. You get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone in just one stick. Use it first thing in the morning, before hitting the hiking trails, after you've reached the summit, or on a long drive. There are 12 delicious, refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting. Personally, I love the fact that I can hydrate faster with Liquid IV compared to other sports drinks filled with junk. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code NOTYOURAVERAGEBUCKETLIST at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration Today using promo code NOTYOURAVERAGEBUCKETLIST at liquidiv.com. Cool. So let's kick off this episode of Texas because I'm sure we have a lot to cover. And um, I've spent a lot of time in Texas. I actually lived there for a while. You spent time in Texas also, right? Driving through it. (laughs) Not actually. Well, I have been to like San Antonio and um, Dallas and stuff, but it's not like I've lived there. Um, But I have experienced Texas before. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I feel like, uh, I really enjoyed living there. I still love Texas. I think, um, I haven't explored as much of it as I would have liked, but I've been to like the major cities and then just traveling yeah. South. Actually, uh, one of my favorite national parks is there and I love going West where there's nothing yeah. just like beautiful, but nothing. Out it is there. so eerie. Like once it, is past dusk and you're just driving through Texas, I start to get a little itchy. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. if I broke down, I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is not great. 
So I also grew up being terrified of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And that, uh, I think, (laughs) (laughs) you just mentioned that. I know, right? Yeah. I mean, the the original one too, which I think is very scary. But but yeah, so I don't know if you want to kick us off with your first stop on our Texas Essentials list. Yeah. So why don't we talk about Devil Sinkhole? You got me interested now because my, it's obviously we, uh, not, professional researchers necessarily just professional travel enthusiasts <laughs> so um it was interesting to me to see that you said it was a volcano because rock devil sinkhole in rock springs is a really famous like natural spot that people go to photograph there's like 300 400 feet is feet deep as you said and um there's a state natural area surrounding it and basically it was so i mean i need to really double check this but because i'm seeing like water erosion but maybe they're talking about the sinkhole was created by volcano and the bigger cavern kind of like extended because of water erosion however mm-hmm. if you want to see bats which there are apparently quite a few places to see uh wild bat colonies in texas you can go to devil sinkhole um evening bat flight tours are offered in the summer and guided nature hikes are also available which i would suggest because this place is big and gorgeous and eerie and yeah, you don't want to um, just fall into a big hole in the ground. So uh, yeah, <laughs> take, take the tour, um, comment, write in, phone in. I'm very curious about the origin of the devil sinkhole because it's really cool yeah. to look at. It's, I mean, it's like one of those, like, I know like Thunder Hole in Maine. And then there's, there's also one in Oregon that's like by the, do you know what I'm talking about? The one that's by the coast. It's just a giant hole and you can see like the waves come in. Yes. Devil's no, that wasn't punch the right bowl? Term. Punch bowl. Yes. I think yeah. it's that. Devil's punch bowl. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, um, one of the places, obviously, we're talking about it, so you should go see it yourself, is Devil's and Cole. Cool. Yeah, I like, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to just, going off of that, there's another natural spot that, uh, could you, do you know if you could swim in Devil's Sinkhole? Um, I do not know. I want to say yes. Okay, maybe during. I might need to get times. a permit or something because it's one of those places where, um, it's probably more dangerous than it seems. It's beautiful, yeah. but don't climb on the rocks yeah. and fall in and then have to get rescued. Like the, I love right. the Sleeping Bear Dunes sign. Like, don't go to the, to the bottom. You have to pay three thousand dollars if you can't walk back up. So, know <laughs> oh that. My God. Wow. Um, well, so this is, uh, Jacob's well in Wimberley. This is, mm. uh, definitely a place that you can swim and it's a natural artisan spring. And this one, I feel like tops every list that we have on only in your state for Texas natural attractions. It's gorgeous. It, yeah. 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 It's absolutely beautiful. It's almost like has a mystical quality to it where, um, you know, I think anything that is in the ground that we don't really have too much information on in terms of like how it came to be or depth, or, I mean, I know this one in particular has different underwater passages, which is just very creepy, uh, for people to dive down. I don't know why I find it creepy. I'm sure some people find it fascinating, but <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, yeah, so Jacob's Well. This we're gonna add this one onto the list because I feel like it's a must visit for anybody that wants to swim. I mean, Texas gets hot, so yeah, you know, if it's climbing up into the hundreds, go cool off at a really stunning underwater cave system and swimming hole. 
Yeah, and don't get overwhelmed. I don't think you're going to get like stuck in the cave. It is very beautiful. You can pull a me and just like sit on the outside, maybe put your feet in a little bit, don't really venture in, and then you're safe. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> true. So I'm going to, uh, I think I'm going to switch to something else where you can also enjoy some swimming. And that would be at uh, the Rockport Fulton Beach. And this is along the Gulf Coast. And it is, I mean, there are so many beautiful places you can visit down there. So like Galveston and um, South Padre Island. But if the National Seashore is in your vibe and you're looking for like maybe, it seems like to have, Rockport has this like almost like artsy family friendly vibe. And like the um, the beaches look really beautiful. I don't know. Have you been there before? I have Rockport. not, no. Okay. Mm-mm. So there is a uh, festival scene there. It has like a really artistic downtown. You can go birding there. Um, so it's not just like a beach only vibe. And so it also has the biggest, the world's largest blue crab statue. The big hmm. blue crab, if you want to go visit. It looks terrifying, to be honest, but it's huge. Um <laughs> But also, uh, I know I talked about an oak tree last time. Apparently, I just love them. But you can visit Big Tree, <laughs> which is in uh, which is in Rockport as well. And it was named the Texas State Champion Virginia Live Oak in 1969 and retained that title into 2003 when another uh, oak in Texas took the largest oak title. Not sure where it stacks up to the Angel Oak in um, where we were just. Uh, South Carolina, but it's also very, very big and beautiful. So if you're going to have a little beach vacation, go down to Rockport, check out the art scene, visit the pristine, just blue water beach, and then go uh, go check out the big tree. Cool. Yeah. Wow. That sounds like a fun weekend getaway. Um, okay. So moving on, I know we mentioned bats and I would hate to get through an entire podcast episode about Texas and not talk about bats some more. You got to talk about the bats. So (laughs) in Austin, Texas, you have to go to the Congress Avenue bridge at sunset from March to November. This is a specific time that you can go when the sun is setting, there will be millions of Mexican free tailed bats that come from the bridge. And it's like this beautiful, natural showcasing of what wildlife is about. I feel like that, you know, they, you hear them kind of chirping at first underneath the bridge and then all of a sudden they start coming out in waves and it's literally just blankets of, uh, just black dots in the sky. And they're all just going out there to start their nightly hunt of eating bugs. That's, that's awesome. I would love to see that. I would also love to take my mother there to see it too. Cause she, terrified of bats so i grew up in the country when we had a security light so there'd always be bugs by security lights bats you know hunting their bugs mm. and stuff but it was one of those things where she could be a football field away just <laughs> like yeah. ducking and covering like oh no they're gonna get me they're gonna get in my hair <laughs> mom, but they can swoop they can swoop pretty low too and i yeah, think but the goal is know, the bug it's not yeah. attacking humans oh, yeah. to make yeah. vampires or anything no i d- <laughs> What a bad rap to have as a bat, (laughs) just doing your thing, like helping the environment, you know, one less mosquito, but then people just lump you in with vampires and yeah, I will say in all, in all of wildlife, I've, I've always been surprised by how uniquely, um, shaped the bats faces are like, not like the flying fox or fruit bats, but like the ones that just have. You know, it's like the like the star mole rat going on. Like, what is this and why? 
How is this helpful? It's terrifying. If I saw one, it could be the most harmless thing. I would just run screaming. No offense, bats, if you're listening. Oh. Um, yeah, it's just. It's I don't wild. know. I feel like I I find them adorable, and I don't know. Have you seen the video of the me. old fruit bat that can't fly anymore, but people take it on flies around the? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that those is... are the kinds of stories I like. That's the news <laughs> I follow. <laughs> Right, yes. and then I'm just like tearing up. No. Like I hope he's enjoying this. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, while we're man, on the topic to- of, oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, go to Texas and see the bats. That's see the bats. Just a huge highlight. Batty for Texas. That's the new state slogan. You're welcome. Um, so while we're talking about Austin, I also wanted to mention. I mean, there's so many amazing things to do in Austin, but I want to make sure people remember, like Austin is weird and lovely, and you should enjoy those weird, lovely parts of Austin. In addition to the tech scene, the music scene, the bat scene, um, so they have places like the Museum of the Weird, Cathedral of Junk, Uncommon Objects, and just m- way more. Like you could go to Austin with the like a weekend itinerary of just hitting all the weirdest like oddity shops and it's, you would just yeah. have fun and then go see live music and bats at night. I think that's a the perfect, perfect trip. Yeah, no, that's why I loved Austin is that there's so much to do. Um, mm-hmm. I do have one more place in Austin that I wanted to mention oh, yeah. just because this was one of my favorite restaurants when I lived there and I think it's so different and unique And, um, so it's a place called Casa de Luz and they focus solely on organic plant-based meals, but it's cafeteria style and people can volunteer to cook there and you could just be on the team of cooks and they just make big batch, really, really healthy food, a lot of like Ayurvedic foods and, um, they use only locally sourced ingredients and you can go and, and pay one flat rate and get uh, a soup, a salad, um, a little bit of an entree. They have these really great teas too that they all make in-house. And uh, it's in a, a holistic wellness center. Really, really beautiful place. You can sit outside um, and just eat and sip some teas that you know you, you won't normally find. Like they brew their own uh, medicinal teas, which I think is very nice. cool. I talked about that maybe last time. Yeah, episode. yeah. Um, so okay. Yeah, awesome. I just wanted to throw that in the mix. Yeah, there's a lot of great places there. I want to go back so badly. Even um, I love that. Uh, I know we talked about it before, but like Rainy Street and all the weird like little bars there, and like the shipping container bar. And anyway, it's just it's a neat place to go out. Um, so next, I'm going to talk about since we you already maybe mentioned it, but was the national park, the Guadalupe Mountains National Park that you love, or is it another one? No. Another oh, okay, one. great. So, yeah. So, what was the one that you would recommend, just to add it to the list? Uh, it's Big Bend National yes. Park. Yeah, yeah, we'll circle back Favorite. to that because you have okay. some. Yeah, okay. Um, so, Guadalupe Mountains National Park, it is in the desert out in western Texas, and it's known for its salt dunes, its grasslands, um, reef mountains with fossils in them. And I just thought it was worth mentioning because it's a national park. I didn't even, like, I wasn't aware it existed. <laughs> so until I looked, and I'm like, wow, this is really just a fascinating national park to where you can go on really, really strenuous hikes. Like the uh, Guadalupe Peak Trail is a six to eight hour hike that's very, you know, very difficult, but it has some amazing views. But then you can also take like um, like a half mile hike or no, maybe not half mile, but the Manzanita Spring Trail and see equally lovely views and just 
enjoy it. So I wanted to suggest this national park just because I felt like I haven't heard of it before and it seemed like a great place to go. Hmm, that sounds cool. I think the the most surprising thing for me about Texas is how many pockets of just like natural mm. beauty there are. I wasn't expecting that. I don't know why. It is so big. So just like mind-bogglingly yeah. big whenever yeah. you're driving through it. It's I've experienced all levels of weather driving through Texas. You know what I mean? Like you go yeah. from the desert and then there was like flooding and in rain and I had to pull off the side of the road and then I went a little further and the next morning there was an ice warning and schools were canceled for snow. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> There's a lot going on. Um, so yeah, it's Texas mm. is big apparently. Yeah. Yes. Um, all right. So I'll throw in a uh, big Ben national park on this next one. And this is kind of a double because I want to talk about big bend, but I also want to talk about the ghost town right outside of it. Terlingua. Yes which always got to throw a ghost town in there. And um, so Big Bend, it's my favorite national park just because it's at uh, kind of the southern end-ish of Texas. Um, And it is just absolutely beautiful. What separates the park, uh, you have Mexico just right across the river, the Rio Grande. But uh, what was so cool about Big Bend is that there are so many different... um, I I guess I want to say landscapes, but also like climate differentials in the different, because the park is so big. So you have basically the desert where you can go in the desert and go by the Rio Grande and all this hiking and uh, just desert landscape, beautiful, beautiful sunsets and stars. And then you drive a little ways and, and you go up and another aspect of the park are the mountains. So it's completely forested. There are pine trees. It's, it's just two completely different places rolled into one, which I, I think is wonderful. I love that so much. Like different biomes, almost honestly. Yes. Like, yes. It's even just driving through California recently. I, I forgot how that is. Like you're driving, and then ten minutes later, you're in a forest, and ten minutes later, back in the desert. So yeah, that's cool. yeah. And so outside of Big Bend, there's a ghost town called Terlingua, and it was once a mining town that was bustling. It was packed. Uh, and now it's completely abandoned. There are ruins, adobe ruins that you can go and, um, a lot of, uh, grave sites too. Um, but also people come and they kind of decorate it a little bit. There's a lot of Mexican heritage there that I think is really pretty. So, uh, yeah, recommend going to Terlingua. Have you ever been? Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, that, I came across that in my list and didn't realize that you were also researching because yeah, it's oh. like it's located very close to the national park, but it's like this strange little like almost roadside attraction. I see that they even have they might like do horseback tours and things like that and like really play into the ghost town of the west sort of thing. So, um yeah, I would love to go explore. Yeah, it is really cool. Okay, so now I am going to talk about the National Museum of Funeral History in Houston. Hmm. So it is, it's one of those places that, yes, it is morbid and it's, you know, could be triggering for some people to visit, but also I think it's just a fascinating subject matter. You know, it just basically contains a collection all dedicated to educating the public about um, death care and the process and how, you know, how it was happened across the world and in the past and how like different 
funeral service items were developed throughout history and things like that. So there are there are permanent exhibits there. There are rotating exhibits. You can learn about hearses, caskets, coffins, um, like the funerals of the presidents and popes. And I th- saw that there was like a exhibit on um, Japanese funerals. So it's like something you can wow. like learn a lot about, like how they preserve the bodies, what different cultures do, and how they you know kind of like go through the whole ritual. And so yeah, there's a lot of cultural her- heritage to learn about in this. Um, museum, but they, it also looks like they put on some really interesting events too. Like I saw they had a Christmas one coming up. And so it's, hmm. yeah, it's one of those, I would, I love like oddity museums. I think it's just fascinating. So if you're ever near Houston, the National Museum of Funeral History. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, that's a really cool, unique find. I feel like I never would have expected something like that to exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's very cool. It's almost like a mini, um, like archaeology museum or something. You know what I mean? Hmm. Just yeah, very cool, awesome. Okay, um, so I'm going to jump into Marfa, Texas, which uh, little town that is famous for its mysterious and unexplained lights, the Marfa lights. Which that's kind of how people hear about the weird things of Marfa, but it's also a very creative and artistic town and it's had this resurgence in the past probably two decades um but the marfa lights is reason enough to go it's like this um inexplicable phenomena that uh people will have guessed is it atmospheric reflections are they car headlights in the distance is it something other world worldly nobody really can uh put a finger on it but you can go to the specific place that Marfa will direct you as you're going into town where you can look into the desert night sky and see the Marfa lights for yourself and kind of form your own opinion, which... Wow, so people can see them that often that it... Yeah, every night, pretty much, as long as... Really? Yep. Have you seen them? Yes. So what does it look like? What's the experience? Um, so it's, I do think it might be more in the headlight realm. Um, but it's just, you're looking into the distance and you kind of see these, it is just floating orbs of light that. Oh, okay. So like there's an optical illusion or. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's probably a combination of like the atmospheric reflections and car headlights combined, but, uh, still worth going and checking out. I think it's really neat. I love things like that. Or maybe really consistent aliens. That's just got to appreciate. <laughs> yeah, I anything like that is maybe paranormal or interesting to see like um like the Northern Lights, which I still haven't seen with my own eyes yet. But I think that, yeah, mm-hmm. it's breathtaking in a way that's different than big trees or big canyons. So that's really yeah. cool mention. Marfa Lights. All right. So next I am going to talk about um, just – a city in general, but some spots to talk to stop in the city. So I have two of these on my list. Um, but Fort Worth, which I didn't realize that it had the biggest population gain in 2022 of all American cities. So it's like a fast growing city, but still has oh. sort of like these smaller, um, smaller town vibes. Like I know that they share like the um, Dallas Fort Worth airport and it's near some bigger cities. Mm-hmm. So I just have a feeling like, as you know especially during the pandemic and as different generations come up they kind of claim new areas of the state and city so i think that's you know just a fast-growing city and 
You should go to the stockyards, which these historic Western stockyards feature the only twice daily cattle drive, I think definitely in the US, maybe in the world. So if you want to see what a cattle drive is like, you can go to the stockyards. But it's also a historic district that has a lot of businesses and bars and restaurants. You can just go through and just see kind of like old school Texas, uh, like downtown district. And oh. there's also this um, water garden feature that is just like really pretty. It was built in the 70s and it's on the south end of downtown Fort Worth that I thought was just a really cool fountain that people should stop by and also people rave about the fort worth zoo um i'm not a huge zoo person <laughs> myself but it's like ranked like number five in the nation or something like that so it probably is worth checking wow. out it's probably huge i would assume if it's in texas <laughs> yes cool um neat okay so uh fort worth fort worth you said the stockyards the fort worth stark stockyards yeah okay that's like the historic area like downtown mm -hmm. area yeah okay Cool. Neat. Um, all right, cool. So I know that we've kind of mentioned this before, and I, we talked about Fredericksburg in our small town getaways episode, but I wanted to also uh, throw into this episode, Texas Hill Country, specifically the wine in the vineyards, mm. because I, it just fascinates me that, that Texas has a wine scene as big as it does. And yeah. You know, like I wouldn't have expected wine to grow in Texas successfully, but it does. And there's a huge wine scene with tons of vineyards. And um, so Texas Hill Country, if uh, you want to drink some wine in Texas, they have wineries that offer tasting specifically of two different varietals, the Tempranillo and the Vaunier. Bon oh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. So... Uh, yeah, basically warm, warm days and cool nights are what create an ideal environment for wine to thrive and Hill Country has that. So you can go rent an Airbnb, get a hotel and do one of the vineyard tours, which, um, you know, you can have somebody else drive, which is the best part of wine tasting and <laughs> hop on a shuttle and go around to different vineyards and kind of taste and have a good time. So I was so shocked by how big of a wine scene there is in Texas, because if you were to yeah. approach previous me and ask, like, hey, what's the biggest wine region in the U.S.? I'd be like, oh, I don't know, Oregon, California, maybe yeah. somewhere in New York. But no, there's a huge one in Texas, and it does seem to be packed all together near a bunch of really cute towns and places. So, yes, yeah. pleasant surprise. Okay, did you want to also talk about Fredericksburg or... Since it's kind of related or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't want to dive too deep. Maybe I can just direct people to our other yes. episode, uh, Small Town Getaways, in the show notes. But um, yes, we featured Fredericksburg and we kind of, we, I think we each created a, our own itineraries, what to do in Fredericksburg mm -hmm. when you visit. Yep. Because there's a lot to do in Fredericksburg. It's a very charming small town, has yes. a lot of German heritage and boutiques, galleries, restaurants. There are museums in the area. Um, yeah, so very cute small town that uh, you'll get to or pass through when you're going to Hill Country, Texas Hill Country. I feel like if you're going on a wine tour, you're probably gonna like pass by Fredericksburg 10 different times, but yeah. yeah. So it's, it's definitely worth visiting if you're in there for the wine. Okay, just wanna make sure. So let's see, I have two left. Um, first I want to talk about the sixth floor museum and 
This is located within the former Texas School Book Depository Building. So you probably know where I'm going with this, but it is dedicated (laughs) (laughs) to the legacy and the assassination of uh, JFK. So uh, the School Book Depository is where, um, you know, he was allegedly assassinated shot from, and that's why they're I only say allegedly because I used to be a little conspiracy theorist, but that's fine. We're not digging into that. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, it was um, you can just learn all about the assassination. There are items related to it, um, talking about the global and local aftermath and just what happened in the 1960s after. Um, I know that obviously I did not live through that, but I have lived through a lot of big cultural changes. But I it's kind of shocking too to think that you know just one day people woke up and was like oh our president was assassinated and just how that really impacted the day to day you know um, yeah no that's true sitting in the corner of uh, Texas Hill Country having some wine and just trying to trying to ground so um, yeah <laughs> yeah I think it's just a really fascinating history and if you are into you know um, what happened that day and you don't know like how things progressed during the uh, motorcade and all that stuff it's somewhere you can really mm. learn about what went down so mm. yeah the sixth floor museum that's Interesting. In Dallas. I didn't even know that existed I, I just kind of started watching this new um, they just came out with a new series I don't remember what it's on but it's about just the assassination and, and uh, everything. And um, a lot of things I didn't know, because obviously, like you said, we didn't really grow up in that time, but very fascinating to learn about still um, yeah. today. So like the man on the hill and the magic bullet and the umbrellas yeah, and like the Zapruder films or is it? No, is that something else? So, but still like to have all the, know. yeah. Yeah. No, very <laughs> fascinating. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. So yeah, that was, do you have any more on your list that you wanted to talk about? So I did have one final town mention, and I know we've spoken okay. about this before. Not only, I don't know, it might have been during one of our best things to do during the season, and that is San Antonio. Um, mm. Because not only does it have the iconic river walk to where you can just like really enjoy the lights and the, the bars and restaurants around along the river, but there's also um, the Buckhorn Saloon and Texas Ranger Museum, which is just, I think, the oldest running saloon in Texas. And it has um, an animal collection, a cafe, a gift shop. It's just sort of like a big attraction. And I feel like if you're in Texas, you can go to this like classic Texan place. And then also Mm. there's the Natural Bridge Caverns and the Natural Bridge Zoo. The caverns are the largest commercial caverns in Texas. And the name is pulled from the giant um, 60-foot limestone slab bridge that spans the cave's entrance. So it's just something which I wouldn't be surprised if there are some bats that come out every night. (laughs) It's because, you know, bat country. Um, And then also, yeah, it's just like a a great town to visit. And I feel like, one, Texas is so huge. You have to hit a lot of these different ones to really get a feel. But I wanted to make sure I mentioned it because I personally really enjoyed it. But yeah, I think that's about it, though. Yeah, I, I that's a good way to kind of close off. Also, um, just to let people know that I feel like San Antonio, I think, is about 45 minutes from Austin, which is like two and a half hours from Houston and then three hours roughly. Everything, all these major cities are drivable. They're just like clustered down in like the southeast corner. So, yeah, yeah. if you wanted to make a big trip of it, you absolutely could. Yeah. And we're going to have a map that we have added all the places we've talked about today, plus 
a whole bunch more. It's uh, We're going to have it in our article, companion article. I'll put it in the show notes. And this map, you can basically add or um, whatever stops you want, but we are creating this map specifically for you guys to turn into a road trip. So uh, yeah, hopefully you do and, and customize it. Um, Sarah's also creating playlists per state. So uh, that's always a road trip essential in my book. <laughs> yeah. I did want to note that I have, I go through and block, so shuffle the playlist. I think you're going to get a better experience instead of just like going through a whole list of, I don't know, I haven't done Texas yet, so I don't know who I'm going to have on there, but mix it up. Yeah. Cool. And yeah, so this pretty much wraps up our season of uh, the exploration challenge. Yeah. Um, Do you have any places that that we talked about this season that maybe were a favorite or like stood out to you? Oh man, let me think. Um, honestly, can you hear me? Uh oh. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Now we can. End. When did you stop hearing me? Uh, just now when I was like doing this and I was like I can't hear you oh okay because I don't yeah. remember <clears throat> anyway um okay what I was gonna say was uh New Jersey I feel like I got really excited about New Jersey I haven't spent a lot of time in there and I felt like I don't know we chatted about some really cool places I want to go get that pizza yeah. <laughs> um yeah you know. yeah, I, yeah. Fun to- I always have fun talking about New Jersey um yeah, I don't know why, too. I think Florida was fun for me, obviously, because yep. I live here. But we started the season, believe it or not, back in August, talking about Ohio. Yeah. And that was a good one that I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, yeah. There, honestly, was, we, we yeah. hit a lot of really great spots. And it's not that I wouldn't want to continue this season, but I feel like there are just so many more places in the U.S. that we want to cover. We might rethink about how we want to approach it. But, yeah, this season was great. Yeah. Had a yeah, lot of fun. it was. Yeah, so uh, everybody listening, we're going to take a couple weeks off for uh, the holiday, and then we're going to come back with season four, which right now it's a mystery surprise. So uh, <laughs> yeah, you can always reach out to us, contact us yeah. if you have any suggestions for a season, because we would love to hear from you. Um, yeah. Yeah, and if you haven't already, please uh, join one of our state Facebook pages, so only in your state is our national page, but also you can join only in Ohio, only in New Jersey, only in Florida. And that is where we post our prompts for what are the best things to do in the state, um, ask for photos, pictures, all the stuff. So make sure you join our social communities and stay in touch as we get ready for the next season. Only in Your State is an award-winning travel publisher that uncovers hidden gems and local favorites across the U.S. We have a presence in all 50 states with a passionate following of fellow travelers looking to get out and explore. Head on over to onlyinyourstate.com to find the best attractions in your backyard and beyond.